0: Welcome to another episode of the Better Value, Better Business podcast. You are listening to Alex Stacy, and today I want to talk about the evolution of branding and this is an area where lots of additional value lies. Today we are quite sophisticated consumers and we all have an idea of what a brand is. But I thought it might be interesting to get out the magnifying glass and look more closely at ideas and themes and analyse the meanings behind branding. Originally, branding was thought of as a legal statement of ownership as indicated by the trademarks on them. Cattle were branded with a branding mark, that is a red hot iron sign which was burnt onto the hide which became a permanent mark to show who owned the cattle and this was to discourage cattle rustling as it would then be harder to hide the evidence of stolen cattle. Trademarks are badges of origin distinguishing the goods or services of one trader from another and are registered for specific goods or services within individual subjects known as classes. This serves a purpose of protecting your investment in time and effort to develop a product or service. These trademarks can take the form of words, slogans, logos, shapes, colours and sounds. The trademark's ability to put off imitators, however, is only as good as the legislation that is in place to protect them. But taking the trademark idea, there is the evolution of a logo where the logo and visual features serve as a basis for differentiation from competitors' offerings. So differentiation is important in order to distinguish between yourself and a possible competitor, as you don't want to become a commodity. If you and a competitor are seen as offering the same product or service, then the only thing to distinguish between you is the price. If you compete on price, then you will be reduced to a race to the bottom. So differentiation of your offering to match your market is vital. So what is your market? Your market is the reason why and the context in which people need your service. This is something we can find out through research, desk-bound or ethnographic studies where we study customers in situ. It is also the way the detective works by going to the crime scene to investigate. So it is no use just asking your customers what they want. You have to also find out how they behave and then discover what prompted that behaviour, which is actually what I do in my AS Insights work. When I am doing my research, I look at the context, the environment. I consider what were the options and alternatives, I look at how and why the value is produced. Branding and strategic market positioning are correlated. If you are well positioned in your matching positioning, and I mean by that, if you are the first solution customers think of to solve their pain point, then you have the basis of a good brand. Some people start with a set of skills that their organisation has, and then they go out and identify the market that it serves. Whereas there are other people who identify a need first and then involve a product or service to match those needs. So strategic positioning is about matching in an optimised value way. What about if you offer several products and services? How do you deal with the positioning on these? So it depends if it reinforces the first value proposition, if it is in the same market. For instance, if you produced dental floss for dental hygiene, and then you produced a mouthwash, that would reinforce your brand because you're still talking about dental hygiene. But if the second product was a tape for plumbing, that would be a different market than your dental floss and your dental hygiene. So you would need to brand it differently so it doesn't muddy the positioning of the first value proposition. For instance, Hotel chains tend to distinguish between their hotels for different markets. They have different brands to serve the needs of tourists to those needs of business travellers. Marks of ownership and logos and the identifying of correct strategic positioning do not make a successful brand on their own. They are just the basis of a good brand. Brands instill consumer confidence, acting as a guarantee of consistent quality. For example, when people first moved into cities from the countryside and had to purchase food from shops instead of producing it themselves or obtaining it from the local farm. And when they moved into towns, there was a huge amount of adulteration of food. For instance, bone meal was added to flour. So some manufacturers recognised this and then created brands to guarantee a consistent quality product as distinct from the commodities of dubious origin. Thus, brands also act as a risk reducer because consumers perceive they are taking a risk when they buy a new product or service. If you intend to use your brand right across your business to a range of other products and services, you have to have high quality and consistency of quality. The problem with extending your brand across all your businesses is that if anything goes wrong with your reputation, it will then taint all the offerings in your business. So now we have sounded out the basis of a good brand, which is the ability of your organization to consistently deliver a high quality product or service that matches the needs of the market. So what The marketing industry, or what pure marketing does, is to communicate to the market what you offer. And this is carried through in the care of the appearance of the organisation or product's image, for instance, tone of voice, messaging, colours, styles, etc. to reflect your empathy with the market and potential customer and to create the brand identity. I have talked about... In a previous episode how our brains like to take shortcuts and branding provides a shorthand. It has been said that a brand name is nothing more or less than the sum of all the mental connections people have around it and in the context of a memory shortcut when people are faced with typically 20,000 product lines in a superstore then a hard-pressed for time shopper will appreciate catching sight of a brand's standout color or logo. So brands can also be thought of as an identity system that is more than the sum of its parts. That is an integration of its facets of culture, personality, self-projection, physique, reflection and relationship. A carefully managed identity system helps the organization reinforce a meaning behind a brand for consumers. It can also communicate the essence of the brand to other stakeholders and encourages a more strategic approach. Virgin did this successfully across a range of products and services. So the problem of this is that it relies on the firm's input activities. Identity relates to the desired positioning and not how it is actually perceived, i.e. the brand's image. It depends on all the stakeholders reinforcing it for success. Another idea of branding is that a brand is an image in consumers' minds, perhaps best expressed as a brand becomes a brand as soon as it comes in contact with a consumer. Brands can be thought of as images in consumers' minds of functional psychological attributes, This is because people make different interpretations from the same stimulus. Consumers' decisions are influenced by personal and cultural values. Brands can represent a value system. Brands are representations of unique cluster of values. So an organisation has to take into consideration not only the functional capability of the brand but also the relevance to consumers of symbolic values and meanings imbuing the brand. A symbolic meaning could be a certain make maker of trainer implies athleticism and another brand could be associated with youthfulness. Another example could be products that are associated with treating yourself and luxury, whereas others mean you are prudent with money. This is a way to sustain uniqueness of a product, through, through the stressing of its psychological values in the advertising and packaging. It has been found that when choosing between competing brands, consumers assess the fit between the personalities of the brands and the personality they wish to project. So branding can be thought of in terms of a personality. I heard one of my friends describe a well-known computing products brand as arrogant, because it conveyed that its products weren't for just anybody. In shops, its products were sometimes set on a higher level than other similar products from other brands. I'm going to just review the difference between a brand identity and the image. It is the organization's communications which results in the brand's identity, but the image is the way consumers perceive that personality. So if a brand has a personality then it can be assumed it has some kind of relationship with the consumer. The relationship then has to be curated consistently with its personality. Also, brands evolve into being owned by the consumers, particularly if they become iconic. One of the downsides is that the consumers can share new, brand, new ideas about the brand with each other, which may clash with the originator of the product and service. And then they can go even further and have an ethical dimension, such as justice, virtue, morality, and the brands can start standing for social and public issues relevant to consumers. Examples include brands that appeal to veganism or climate change interests. As a consequence of all the above considerations, we can view the brand as a multidimensional construct, whereby organisations augment products or services with values and this facilitates the the process by which consumers confidently recognise and appreciate these values. The brand exists by a continuous process where the firm's staff set and enact the values and expectations of the brand which are interpreted and redefined by the consumers. The likelihood of repeated use is enhanced when consumers' feedback is monitored and used to better tune the value constellations to consumers' needs. So for you or your organisation, two things have to be done. You need to strategically align with your market and then accurately reflect that alignment in all aspects of your business. The context, the look, the messaging, behaviour channels – and marketing tactics. Much marketing is the continuous evolving of the branding, with the evolving market as the market doesn't stay still. So as I round up this episode about branding and value, businesses and organisations need to think about what pain point they solve, their positioning in the market, consistently high quality and listening, and communicating these points to your market. One more point. Did you notice how I said the firm's staff set and enact the values and expectations of the brand? This is why internal communications and organisational alignment are so important. But I'll come to that in more detail in another episode. Goodbye and thanks for listening.